Hi, welcome to my podcast, where today I'll talk about the high priest Caiaphas telling the Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin, that Jesus must die. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist, a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. As an attorney, my primary role has been as a general counsel. Therefore, I call the six books that I've written the General Counsel Series. The first four books of the series outline the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, providing scriptural backing for the final installments of the series that outline the history of America and the history of the Church Universal. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the question, Why did Caiaphas think that Jesus must die? And now, as I talk about Caiaphas telling the Sanhedrin that Jesus must die, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Today's thoughts are based on the chapter Caiaphas tells the Sanhedrin that Jesus must die, in my book, Hoping in the Lord. For every action, there is a reaction. Jesus had just performed an amazing miracle, raising Lazarus from the dead. Now the reaction set in. The religious leaders decided they must kill Jesus. The chief priests and the ruling religious body, called the Sanhedrin, quickly learned about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. They also learned that many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. They learned these things because some of those who had been there went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Upon hearing these tidings, the chief priests and the Pharisees called the meeting of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the name given to the ruling council of the Jews in Jesus' time. It was made up of 70 men, and the leader was the high priest. The Sanhedrin was a cherished remnant of autonomy and self-rule among the Jews. Even though their land was occupied and ruled by the hated Romans, the Jews could still decide for themselves many matters based on Jewish laws and customs. The chief priests and Pharisees were so upset by the news about many people putting their faith in Jesus that they called a meeting of the Sanhedrin to discuss the matter. Or perhaps it would be more accurate to say that they called a meeting of the Sanhedrin to rubber stamp the decision that the powerful inner clique had already made. Jesus must die. The meeting began with people wringing their hands over the problem Jesus represented. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. In a narrow sense, the place they were worrying about losing was the temple. But in a broader sense, these politicians were primarily worried about losing their place of power and prestige. Therefore, this story warns us against allowing the love of power and prestige to influence our motives or our actions. 
This is not to say that the fears of the squirming politicians in the Sanhedrin were groundless. History itself showed that their fears were justified. They well remembered that about 600 years before, the Babylonians destroyed the temple and carried the ancient Israelites into exile. And a generation after Jesus was crucified, the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and its temple, forcing the Jews into an exile that lasted almost 2,000 years, until the creation of modern Israel after World War II and the wake of the horrors of the Nazi Holocaust. But the cynical politicians who guided the Sanhedrin in Jesus' time totally misunderstood how to save their place and their nation. For example, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said, You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. Caiaphas said these words the way a cynical politician would say them. He was proud that he would stop at nothing to maintain his power, even if it meant murdering an innocent man. He sneered at anybody who hesitated to take such strong measures to stay in power. Many a politician has followed Caiaphas and such Machiavellian schemes throughout the ages. As a result, many an innocent person has been undermined, betrayed, and destroyed. But God is not mocked. God is all-powerful. God turns the schemes of the wicked against them. And so, Writing years later, John saw the irony in Caiaphas's cynical statement. Caiaphas had been right, but not in the way Caiaphas hoped. Caiaphas was right in the way that Jesus hoped and foresaw, because as high priest that year, Caiaphas prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God, to bring them together and make them one to bless all peoples in the promised land. Caiaphas, like many a wicked schemer through the ages, did not realize that for every action there is a reaction. Caiaphas did not realize that the betrayal and murder of Jesus would lead to a new birth of love and life that will ultimately triumph over Caiaphas and anyone who thinks and acts like him. Such wicked schemers will lose their places of power and prestige to everyone for whom Jesus died, to everyone who hopes in the Lord, as Jesus brings us together and makes us one in the promised land. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well as on my website, timharner.com. My book, Hoping in the Lord, contains citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace.